Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast for round 21, 2017. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me... Is a man who was kicked out of Etihad Stadium on Friday night for throwing a beer at Toby Green. It's Adam Rosenbach. Ah, uh, g'day, Michael. Look, uh, can I just say that uh, it's been com- I've been completely misrepresented. Overblown? Oh, th- th- completely overblown. Okay, so the incident. We all saw the incident. Toby Green accidentally karate kicked karate kicked Luke Dalhouse in the face. Put him okay? in a body bag. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a moment. And then after the game. People say that I threw a beer in rage over Toby Green. No, no, I wasn't throwing a beer over I was handing him the beer in celebration. <laughs> it slipped out of my hand because yep. I fucking wanted to say, good on you. About time someone kicked Al House in the fucking face, mate. <laughs> now, is that actually a true story? Someone did get kicked out? Someone definitely threw a beer over and they're scouring through the, the, the vision to try and find it. And, yeah, they got, they got asked to leave. So, let me think. So, you'd be throwing a mug, a plastic mug. You're not throwing a bottle or a can. No, it's a, it's a plastic cup. But you'd, yeah. you'd empty that. You wouldn't throw the whole thing. But also, Eddie had on a Friday night. That's mid-strength. Yeah. Unless you're in the medallion club, but then you wouldn't be over the race. So, you're on the ground. It's mid-strength. Yeah, but if you I mean if you throw an empty cup, that means you're not going to get much traction on that. That's not going to go very far. That's like throwing a paper plane, really. Yeah, no, they've thrown it from the cup. Oh, so they've Excellent. oh they've so they purposely dumped, dumped the beer. Dumped okay, the beer gotcha. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm across. That, that's it now. how I. That's how I've done it in the past. Yeah, and I imagine <laughs> that's how we all do it. Isn't that a waste of like twenty seven dollars? Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> what kind of? It, what like sort I, maybe of, I don't know. Throw a couple of chips at him or something, but I'm not tossing, tossing the whole drink on him. Clearly, the demographic of Footscray has changed. <laughs> if they can afford to waste a mid strength beer at the footy on a Friday night, yeah. if you're just throwing that and and GWS, they're fucking winches, aren't they? You've had everything handed to you on a plate. You've got a thousand first-round draft picks, hmm. and you get a little beer poured on you, and all of a sudden you fucking whinge into the AFL. Now, what do you reckon Toby Green will get for that? Hmm. It's tricky. I've been I've watched the footage quite a bit. Watch it quite a bit. Now, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's strange it's pretty that disturbing. he put the foot up that high, but I'm not sure if. It wasn't intentional. Yeah, I think not. But is there a duty of care to say? You can't kick people in the face. Now, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> that way, if, if he doesn't get anything, then you can go around doing that. Well, that's the thing too. I think uh, who was saying? I think it was Eddie yesterday on the coverage on Fox Footy saying we don't want people going around the juniors and karate kicking people. Yeah, because basically if you do that, it's a, it's a licence to axe kick people. And also, if you're going to put your leg up that far, that's an unnatural thing to do. You don't normally do that. No. So there has to be a certain idea. If I'm... Toby thinking, if I'm going to put my leg up this high, I know I'm going to get someone. Yeah, and he knew he knew someone was there Coming. because he put it out to protect the space. Mm. Feb used to do it a bit when he took marks. Yep. So he'd you know uh, put the leg out and keep people at bay. So you know he buys ah, yeah, three sure. or four foot. And okay. I, even when he used to do it, I was thinking I, I don't think you should be able to do that because mm. stops are very like ask any boot stutter. 
<laughs> he knows. Stops her fuck. They're lethal weapons. Yeah, cleaning blood out of the yeah, boots exa- now. Yeah, he's not used to that. He's no. used to yeah, a bit of grass. Yeah, he's got to put on like gloves and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's DNA on it. There's Luke Dalhouse DNA on that boot. So what's he get? What's he get? I reckon he gets two weeks. See, and, and here's the thing. Because it's Toby Green and he's got such a bad record... Got a record, yeah. ...that if he gets... If they go, oh, you get one week, it blows out to three. So it's not a three-game incident. But he'll get three because he's a, a dirty little fucking sniper. People hate him, don't they? Oh. People really hate him now. And what, what's he done? He's I, I, like, I like him. I like his gumption. Do you? Yeah. But you're, you're a big gumption man. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in a, you know, maybe a um, security guard at a... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like him. I like he's got to be a fire about him. All he's done is punch Caleb Daniel in the face. <laughs> yeah. But that then, was not, I didn't think that was a big deal either. No. People and then he's about that. accidentally axe kicked... Luke Dalhouse. Yeah. And made yeah. him leave the ground with blood streaming from his face. Yeah. I, I reckon maybe two, maybe three by the fact that it's a, a weird Bad thing record. to do. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's a weird thing to do. I mean, you have kind of put your foot out and you've got got someone in the face. Yeah. But then they started debating on um on the Fox footy coverage about whether, say, it was someone taller would have got him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not that bad. But even then, I would say don't... Don't put your foot above a certain level. Yeah. No, that should be like in, in uh, field hockey. You can't lift the stick above shoulder height. Is it oh, something yeah, like nice. that? Yeah, maybe. Protecting the face. Yeah. Because yeah. what if Luke Dalhouse could never like be a presenter on telly because yeah. his face is all mangled? Well, he was talking about doing a modelling career after he finished the game. So. And now people go, what are those uh, four dots? Yeah. On your? And he goes, mate. Why is it so Adidas on yeah. your forehead? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'll get weeks. And uh, I actually think rather than not condone it, I condone it. Mm-hmm. I want more. You are wait, wait. Are, we, are you taking this podcast for a wild turn where we're condoning violence in the game? <laughs> <laughs> it's unheard of. Okay, for the first time, <laughs> 150 episodes in. First time I'm going to saying, say, <laughs> I'm saying there should be more of it. And you know uh-huh. what? You know what the AFL needs to do is bring gutters in around the ground. So if you fucking got a bit of, you know, you don't like someone, you can put their Oh, you can their American History X them. Yeah, yeah. You put their mouth guard on the gutter and fucking stomp. Awesome. What so didn't Dermy get eight weeks for raking Raiden Tallis's face? Uh, I think it was seven about, yeah. He did step on him, yeah. What's the difference? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, actually. Yeah, no, so that's a good question, see, actually. Boots to the face. Yeah. Um, Stephen Baker, he used to sharpen his... Um, stops. Stops, I think. Yeah. That, that's pretty fucking evil. That's pretty weird, isn't it? <laughs> do you think the umpires go, you know, in the junior games and the umpires would yeah, come in and check your boost? Do you think they'd do that? Did they also check your fingernails? Uh, maybe. I've always bitten mine, so maybe. Okay. So, but yeah, they come in and check did, your yeah. boots and then they'd check, your, they'd check our fingernails. And then would yours, like, would they, okay, touch, we your, <laughs> would they touch your penis and for cough, a bit? And cough, yeah. <laughs> so, I wonder if they do that in their senior game. Well, the umpires would go into the rooms before a game, wouldn't they? They'd be like, because they'd always come in and say, "We're going to pay, you know, people who are first to the ball." Yeah, um, head over the ball. Yeah, watch your what? lippiness. And yeah. no, no axe kicks today. Yeah, they're always saying that, and they, they probably forgot to say it. No American so history Toby... xing people yeah. on the on the boundary line. <laughs> so it's not even Toby Green's fault. We had a guy come in one day. It was a, re- a wet day, and he came in and said, "Just want to make sure people are aware, no one drowns," because he was frightened someone would get knocked out and then fall in a puddle and then drown. And we we're going. Who's ever fucking drowned on an oval before? <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine that at, his fu- at your funeral. Oh, that'd be a weird way to go. Yeah, how'd he go? Oh, well, he got he got kind of KO'd a little bit. Yeah, and, and he uh, drowned on the half full time. <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that no one noticed him for four minutes. He's just laying there blowing bubbles for oh, a bit. Oh, God. We used to play. 
I was playing the Eminence in um, St. Mary's, the now St. Mary's, the Legions. I've toast. Yeah. And um, oh, I won best first year player. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and we had the president of the club would umpire the twos. Oh, so yeah. we'd sit up there on the, you know, on the boundary or whatever. This guy that we know, we like, respect, and we would rip the shit out of him for bad umpire. umpiring. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair enough. And then, like, after the game, it's like, okay, Laurie, how are you, mate? How are you doing? And it's like, just for half an hour, we just called you the worst possible names yeah. on earth. No, fuck that, Laurie. <laughs> you step onto that. You step onto that ground in, in white, mate. You fucking get everything that's coming to you. <laughs> Ray Chamberlain's probably a lovely man. He wouldn't be. <laughs> he's, uh, he's we have later in the episode. We've actually just talked to the media manager for USAFL, Brian Barish. A very yes. fascinating chat. About a half an hour chat. So he's over here for the International Cup, mm. supporting the US team and doing some coverage. And we have that. We're going to be doing this episode, and then when this episode finishes, hang around because we've got the chat with Brian. It's quite it's fascinating. Going to be great. But I'll tell you what's going to be fucking great, man. I'll tell you what's going to be the biggest show in town. It's getting big, man. It's nearly it's sold It's a junk time live show. Uh, Sunday, September 3rd, 3pm at the European Beer Cafe. And we will put it out there. You might want to get your tickets if you haven't already. It's like super close to selling out. Yep. And we've fucking loaded it up. It's going to be it's going to be fucking pumping. So we've got Justin Kaczynski. We've got Lawrence Mooney, comedian. Then we have Luke Hodge, fresh off retirement. And so also, we got a little email during the week. Little yeah. email, little a little email. Are you going to name names? I won't name gonna... names no. though, because until it's actually confirmed. Yeah. But a publisher, uh, someone, someone, uh, football royalty is uh, putting out a book, and so he's a publisher, royalty, isn't he? yeah, a publisher came along. All I've say is that Tammy's made a lot of sacrifices, <laughs> and so uh, he, <laughs> he, he, he may be joining us as well. But we'll find out. But if not, we'll do a one-on-one with him. Um, yes, we will be chatting that. with him yeah. at some point. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, get your tickets. Get to uh, uh, try booking, type in junk time. There's only about uh, 20 or 30 seats left, I think, at the moment. So yep. make sure you, if you're umming and ahhing, stop fucking umming and ahhing, you yeah. stupid. You, just buy tickets. Come along <laughs> and we'll treat you really well. It's going to be a fucking great afternoon. And like we're saying, there's no footy on. The AFLX is finished. The, well, there the, is footy. There's the State of Origin on the Saturday. On the Saturday, and, and, and of course, like, there's, there's a Friday night game of the uh, the AJ Witten game, which it's a. It's oh, really? Is that during the bye week now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Did well, that happen last year? Yeah, it did. Oh, okay. That was the opener to our show, but that's okay. You don't you, you don't remember? I don't remember that. No, yeah. I did see a clip of the week. It was uh, during the week. It was Tim Watson and Duck because um, they're the respective coaches. Oh. Yeah, so that would have been a funny thing, funny um, press conference. Mate, it, don't you remember last year? It went to it went to a shootout. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Amazingly, it wasn't a blowout. It started off as a blowout, mm-hmm. but then one of the teams came back. Wow. Yeah, and it ended in a draw. Sheesh. They required a shootout. <laughs> what, what, what is this? One day cricket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's insane. <laughs> and I had the, I had a draw in my multi, so I was fucking mad. Uh, oh, you were uh, living large. Up, you could happily up. throw your beer away because it didn't matter. Yeah, no. Had in I your did. pocket. Yeah. Tell you who's not happy. You know what would be great though. Sorry, just to cut you off. To go down to Don't the uh, to the um, the Legends game and just sledge. Like, just forget that it's for oh, charity. Oh, get stuck in. Really get stuck in. Yeah. Like, fucking pick people apart. I remember being at the Sydney Olympics, and I think it was the volleyball or maybe even basketball, but there was a German guy. Yeah. My brother and I were there, and we were getting stuck into him because we uh, kept on <laughs> fucking up. And then we kind of did that for, like, 15 minutes, and then we went, oh, yeah, that's right. That's not really in the Olympic spirit. <laughs> no. And going, yeah, you're so... <laughs> really getting stuck into it. I think people need to feel it mm. in other sports. So, someone who will be... Crying into their beer. Mm. Our old mate, Rocket Eid. Mm. Poor Rocket. I mean, go on. He he thought he he kept saying it was like it was his first year in the in the job because the first two years were so fucked. Yeah, so, so that he felt like they should have got more years. He kept pointing out that everyone else gets five, six, seven years. He's done three. 
he's had three years. Yeah, so the first one, wasn't that when they all fell apart with the, all the cultural issues? Yeah. yeah. And then didn't he have a lot of injuries last year? Yeah, they did, but can we just say, like, team bonding on a golf trip with huge amounts of cocaine, how, how is that bad for the club? I don't see how that gets bad press. No, I know. Particularly at the Gold Coast, I would have thought they'd be encouraged. Yeah, you, you, your team's hanging out together. Yeah, hey cool. guys, we're uh, having a golf day, uh, going to bring a whole bunch of drugs. Yeah. Um, Oh, have you have you not played golf on cocaine before? <laughs> that, oh, yeah. fuck. Do you just play it straight, do you? Fucking hell, I've never Don't, tried that. You play around in 15 minutes. <laughs> and fuck, you just talk your way through it. <laughs> so he's gone. He's gone. Poor guy. I, I think he was in a bit, of a bit of a hiding to nothing. Well, yeah. He's, and he, he's come out this week. He's done a few interviews. He's, he's been out there. Yeah. They reckon he'll get a job straight away somewhere else. Because people, they rate Rocket. They love Rocket. Who was saying that he's one of the best assistants? I think it was Grant Thomas. Grant Thomas said he's a great assistant. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't have been given a coaching job. Mm. But he's coached a lot for someone who's not a great coach. For someone who's had like about a 15-year career, three teams. Yeah. Great assistant. Great assistant. Uh, he says he wouldn't have taken the Gold Coast job had he known the club's situation. Okay, what's wrong with the situation? What's going on? Well, he's... Financially, they'd be okay, wouldn't they? The AFL would be chipping in. They've got great... Um, uh, no, but didn't, didn't they, when he got there, didn't, weren't they uh, operating out of like a, a, a portable or a shed? Yeah, maybe, maybe, right. Yeah, I, th- I believe Carrara? they've got um, really great... Um, what do you call it? Equipment. Facilities. Facilities now. Yeah. yeah. I think they've got really great ones now. But Someone that's talking about for the next coach to come in, they'll have a great setup. Yeah, okay. The Bomb Shelter's quite a nice stadium. No players, but they have a great setup. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, they were talking about Carmichael Hunt, Harley Bunnell. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of an issue. The, the injury run, people leaving, everyone wanted to leave. The Gary Ablett saga. Gary sure. Ablett, you know, not playing, sometimes playing. It's just, uh, he said, there are a lot of things that surprise me and keep happening. You turn over another rock, whether it's June or July, there's a few things that got out publicly, but there's a lot of things I'll keep in-house as well that people don't know about. Hmm. He's keeping it to himself. Break your silence, Rocket. Yeah. Want to find out. All those factors involved, no, I wouldn't have done it. How bad could it have been? Gotcha. So he's saying, if I knew, if I knew all half the of this shit, shit here, I wouldn't have taken the job. No, I, I would I have didn't. sat back. He was Collingwood at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I would have taken that cushy little job, yeah. hung out, just waited for Bucks to walk himself off the cliff <laughs> and then slide in beautifully. Yeah. And he said, oh, fuck, he's throwing some clips here. He says, some of the parts of the footy department, like the high performance and medical and that, was really average as well. Okay, he's really chipping out. Yeah, so he's gone high performance, not high performance, just uh, called performance. Yeah. Low performance. Medium performance. Yeah, don't call it high performance then, Rocket. If you're not going to be performing high. And no. medical. The medical was average. Chipping out of the doctor too. Yeah. Huh. That's tough. Yeah. So he doesn't believe that Gary Ablett was injured. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with Jaeger O'Meara's knee. He doesn't think that Carmichael Hunt needed his septum replaced. <laughs> just all those little things that he's throwing out there. Jaeger played yesterday, did I tell you that? Jaeger played in the uh, VFL. That's nice. Played in the VFL, got about 30 touches, three goals. Oh, mate, it's brewing. It's brewing. It's going to be beautiful. Beautiful when it happens. Does Rocket Ede get another job? As senior job? I would not have thought so. I think three and you're done, really. If you haven't won a flag. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. How many yeah. other coaches would have done three without a flag? That's a question without notice. Yeah. We can look that up and find out. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to write that down and do a bit of research on that. Rossi Lyon's been at two clubs. Mm-hmm. And he's going to Collingwood now? Well, uh, so he's cracked it because uh, I think it's 6PR in Perth. Ross the radio Lyons station. cracked it. Yeah, yeah. Ross, what? <laughs> so they, really, they reported, and this is, this is a bit rich on both sides, okay? They now, went hard. If it's true, it's rich. Yeah. And if it's not true, then it's rich. So that's, that was saying, That's a lot of rich. Yeah. <laughs> that was saying 
Well, it's Perth. Yeah. Mining money. <laughs> they were saying that Ross contacted Collingwood to say, can I have the job next year? Oh. Yeah, that's what the radio station said. So now Ross has said that never happened. So it's a big a big thing for the radio station to get that wrong. But also, but maybe like they, they know, maybe it was like uh, on Triple M Breakfast. It's like, uh, g'day, it's Ross here, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yep. Oh, g'day, call, Ross, what's it, going on? Call uh, it in. Ed, Ed, mate, uh, if you need a coach for next year, just saying, I can do it. They're like, Ross who? He goes, mate, don't want to give it away. <laughs> I'm just happy to put my hand up. So... He wouldn't, and and he's he's come out swinging, Ross. I'm just looking at the article now. Sorry, he uh, he wrote a strongly worded statement. Here we go. Is it is that weird that a coach would um, release a statement? Yeah, and take such umbrage. Like it, it's the media. You just go, not true. It, it would not happen very often. Not happen very often. They put out a statement. I no. can't remember a coach ever putting out a, a statement like that before. I've got a feeling. When, you know, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but were, remember the, the annual tradition that someone would say Clark I was going to leave Hawthorne in the week of the grand final. Sure. So I think it was Andrew Jarman and then Mike Sheen did it the next year. I think. Not Jars. No, Jars. But Jars got good mail. Yeah, great mail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think Clark I put out a statement for one of those years saying that I'm not leaving. Didn't Jars say that the grand final will be held at Monica? <laughs> he's, he's got he's got mail jars. So Ross said, um, "I'm bitterly disappointed that such so-called journalism even sees the light of day. They were totally without foundation, not based on fact in any way, shape, or form." I think it was Brad Hardy who was the one who announced it. Yeah, well, he says, I've contacted Brad Hardy directly. Directly. And voiced my disgust. Mm. And he's got disgust. So who do you call in that situation? You call an Eddie? They don't have a CEO at the minute, do they? Well, no, they don't. So, so who's he, who calling? Is Ross calling Eddie? Oh, to get the job. Yeah, what, how do you have that conversation? Uh, well, ha- um, good day, Eddie. <laughs> Uh, congratulations being back on the footy show. I really look forward to watching it. You brought fun back. It's going to be really exciting to watch that footy show. Because you get Trev back. I'm looking forward <laughs> to the, how Rebecca Madden won't be able to be allowed to, to talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> By the way, you should make the first segment longer. <laughs> should be 45 minutes instead of 35. Anyway, All right, thanks, thanks, Ross. So he calls up Eddie yeah. and says, I want the job. I want the job, mate. Yeah. Get rid of Bucks. Get rid of Bucks. He's no good, mate. Because he wants to not... Does it, did he don't, did He's he? no good. You know who can get you to a grand final and lose, Ed? Hey, do you want to get real close? Yeah. Real close. <laughs> you, you know who can take you to the mantle and to, to the peak? I tell you what. Who can take you to the top 20, almost. 27 minutes into the last. Things are looking real good. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you who can get you there, Ed. I mean, don't watch us play free on Sydney this week. Yeah, uh, fuck, but, man. Uh, but don't worry about it, Ed. They absolutely towed them up, didn't they? Sydney are the best team that I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Can they win the flag? I don't think they can make top four now, but Sydney have, after losing their first six, Mm -hmm. have fucking blitzed the competition. So we're recording this at 4.45pm in Melbourne time. So let me think. So So we followed a massive eight-point game, Mm. an an eight-shaper. Yeah, Melbourne beat the um, Saints. So you think that might be the end of the Saints in terms of finals? Yeah, I I would say so. They're they're a game out now and their percentage is a little bit wonky. So I I can't see the Saints making it. Uh, Adelaide's obviously on top. We've got the Giants, Geelong, Richmond. Spons are a game out of four. So the percentage is very nice. Yes. Let me just have a quick look to see who they might be playing because they might even be playing in Richmond or something like that. 
Uh, so they got Carlton on. They got the bye in round twenty three. That's that's not fair, mate. We beat them last time round. Oh, Adelaide, Sydney, next week, Friday night. Oh, oh, dude, that's, that's amazing. That's the biggest game in history. That you know what that is. I'm going to call it now. It's a grand final preview. <laughs> And now I, I've coined that phrase. Yep. I've if, if, I right, yeah. see, if I see any <laughs> fucking dog using that, that is a junk time phrase. And if I see anyone on Channel Seven or anything, any kind of media using uh-huh. the phrase "grand final preview," if you hear a junk timers, you fucking let them know that that's that's not theirs to use. Why don't we actually have a quick look at next week? We've got uh, Port and Bulldogs, so that's a, that's a big one as well. Fuck, that's another. That's an eight. Cha- that's an eight point game. That's almost uh, a twelve point game. Got GWS and West Coast. So West Coast in the eight at the minute. And is that? Up at the Beanstalk? Uh, that is at the Beanstalk. Yeah. And uh, West, West Coast are known to travel really well. They're kind of the, the two or three major games at the minute. And can I just say that Carlton nearly rolled West Coast last night, so I don't, I don't give West Coast a lot of hope. Although they will be without the old axe kicker. I think he was making up the number. But, but they're eighth. They're eighth too. Yes, I don't think they'll make the finals. I can't really see a doggy style someone coming from seventh. No, so the Western Bulldogs are outside the eight at, as it sits right this very second. Mm. But you would think they would come back in at the expense of the West Coast Eagles, is the way I'm calling it. Okay. Now Richmond are currently sitting uh, fourth after. I mean, they they played really well yesterday, Richmond. I mean, you know, Geelong had oh, Geelong had the best team going they've ever had. I mean, sure they didn't have you know there was a, a couple of dipshits mi- missing. You know what I'm saying? We have a Selwood gone. Danger. Uh, yeah. Was Danger back? Danger was back. Yeah. No Selwood, no Duncan, no Hawkins. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's uh, right. But they're still a very strong team. Yeah. Well, Damien Hardwick got a bit annoyed and said that the fans were influencing the umpire. That's... He said that they got free kicks they didn't deserve because the uh, the fans. Uh, I find it interesting that he brings that up in Geelong when it's been happening. Well, not I'm saying it happens, but like, you know, they're obviously Adelaide and Eagles. And I mean, oh. every now and then at the, <laughs> the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crowd. No, but uh, I, that, that's just ridiculous. He's just, it's excuses. Yeah. You know what I love about Richmond, though? And this, this came out before this game. Um, Trent Cotchett, right? Their captain, their leader. Uh huh. Brownlow medalist. Brownlow medalist, yes. He doesn't even know where they sit on the ladder. Really? Doesn't know. No clue. How did that come out? Well, uh, he's booked a trip to Europe in September. He's mad. <laughs> he, he's, he, but he does that. It's like a reverse psychology thing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Makes like you kind of work it, harder. But I'm yeah. happy to lose them. Yeah, gotcha. I'm happy to lose those tickets. Uh-huh. No, he says he said to a journalist, are we third? I wouldn't even know. He says, he goes on to say, the latter is important with regard to the outcome at the end of the season. So he doesn't look between doesn't, rounds no one to 23. No idea. So he gets off the field in round 23 and goes, oh, 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 we're playing oh, finals. We're, oh, we're ninth again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he's got no idea. Okay, he doesn't. He doesn't hear the outside. The the, 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 the chatter. The chatter doesn't mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah. Doesn't have any idea. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Oh, we we playing again in in a fortnight after the buy, after we. That's because he says for us it's all about the the process week in week out, and we'll keep focusing on that. Yeah. Which is great. So he he just how can he not fucking know what the ladder looks like? Well, I mean, I I. I I know a lot of players don't read the papers. Yeah. I get that. But that's, that's mainly because they can't read. Yeah. But surely someone goes, hey, you're doing really well. You're in the top four. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. Are we top okay. four? I'm looking at the, the eight here. Yeah. Have all the teams. I mean, Melbourne obviously has a, a, a drought as well. Yes. Um, but for Richmond to get in there, for Richmond to get in the grand final would be amazing. 
It'd be a, a terrific time to be in Melbourne. And then also for Richmond to lose it in the last 25 seconds of the game would be the most incredible moment of football ever. It probably would, wouldn't it? If they could kick it in. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, someone kicks into the man on the mark. Yeah. So instead of going, Leo Barry, you start, yeah. you go, uh, <laughs> Kane Lambert, you fuckhead. Or, or, oh, no. or if it's like one of those weird, weird chaos balls. So oh. that someone has a, just a ping from a long way out yeah. and it bounces three different angles and yeah. then goes through. Yeah. There's some way that could we can manufacture <laughs> that in a grand final. It'd be incredible. Well, Richmond fans don't want to hear that. No, no, no. But you know, it's uh, it's. I mean, mean, it would be great. It's mean, but it'd be awesome. It would be great. Do you think? Uh, do you think the Bombers can make it? They're they're sitting tenth at the moment. They're a game out. Uh, percentage is pretty solid. Hmm. Can they get there? Do it for Job. Can they finish off strong for their their much loved ex captain? I tell you what, they've got the Gold Coast up at the bomb shelter next week, and hmm. then they've got uh, Frio at Etihad. Oh, so you could say they're two wins. They're two wins, and probably. Potentially big wins, although percentage probably won't come down to it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Joby, retired. Yeah. He's going to head back to New York. Good. He's going to do a bit of time in New York. Where it all, where down it all to, uh, what was it called? Uh, Hole in the Wall? Hole in the Wall, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hole in the Wall. Oh. Yeah, he said it was voted fourth best cafe in Manhattan. Yeah, I went there. I went there. It's just a matter of timing, wasn't it? So you went to the... I literally went to it, yeah. And Joe wasn't Didn't there. Didn't I tell you that? Yeah. Uh, no, but I went on the weekend. Ah, oh, rookie mistake. So it was located in an office building. Right. And so the foyer is shut, and so you need a pass to get in. So I could, I could see it. Oh, but you couldn't get to it. But I couldn't get into it. Oh. Yeah. Was it open? No. I went to about five different places when okay. I was in New York last year trying to find Joe. <laughs> trying to find Joe. It's quite the expedition. Yeah, it's not sad at all. So he said that... Uh, the whole, um, you know, they, they asked him about his return to football and uh, he said it's kind of like um, being cheated on uh, by a girlfriend yeah. and the return has been a little bit different. He doesn't quite, he doesn't quite trust football or, or the club. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, dirty is he talking football or is he talking Essendon there? It has to be a mixture of both, doesn't yeah, it? You, yeah. you would think. Like, yeah. But also, why did you go back to Essendon if you think they cheated on you? That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he was talking in the grander scheme of football of just going, you know what, I've lost, I've, I, I've fallen out. I, I still love you. Mm. And, but I don't, I don't love you, love you. Yeah, gotcha. Like when I, when we go to bed at night, I just, mm. I stare at the ceiling just mm. thinking of good times gone by. I'll be honest, I've been on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swipe through to you. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit of time, I go back. When you I, go away. Yeah. I like, but I like having the place to myself. Yeah. I'll put it that way. That kind of stuff, yeah. Uh, have you ever been cheated on? I get on, uh, not that I am aware of. Yeah, I'd say neither. so. I'm a bit of an asshole. Yeah, I wonder. It, it always feels like a lot of hard work. You know when you read a story about like a, a guy who's got like a, two families? Lethers. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, Lethers is a good example, actually. <laughs> that just sounds like hard work. Oh, fuck. I've Although, got, no, if it's at work. I've got four kids. I've got to organise this stuff. I've got, a, I've got a job. Probably a large job. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. And then, no, you're doing very well. And then I've got to... Uh, I've got to you got the... Do that as well. The bloody other misses, and you got to kind of keep it secret. Yeah, and... that's a tough bit. Oh, the lies, mate. The lies. Is yeah, you got to get a second phone. You got to get a burner. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a burner anyway. Oh, it all feels like such hard work. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know. Anyway, uh, email us and we can give you our <laughs> relationship advice. Yes, we're definitely the ones. So it's uh, it's very sad. There's been a couple of big announcements this week as well. Stevie J. Stevie J. Gone as well. Can I uh, question without notice? Okay. What happened to retiring at the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. 
What, why do you have to announce it? Do you want everyone to fucking come along and give you a big send-off for your last game and all that sort of bullshit? Like, just say, hey, that was my last game. Or do it the way Ross Lyon retires, like Stephen Baker and players like that. Just goes after the game when they don't even know. Goes, oh, yeah, they're off the list. Oh, really? Didn't he do that post-grand final? I'm not totally he fucking sure. Cut a, he cut a couple of players and they were just like, oh, are we not, are we not coming back? That's how they found out. Yeah. Huh, that's hilarious. I know, I know, I know it's very un-Ross Lyon to be so callous and brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it was probably more back in the day. It was more of a uh, end of season thing. Well, yeah, you just kind of look back and you went, "I'm not going to go on." Some players might be doing it for a bit of a final, kind of final game, the uh, celebration. Well, that's kind of what uh, Boomer Harvey wanted. Wasn't yeah, it, last yeah. Year? And I, maybe Hodgie had a bit of that as well. Oh yeah. By the fact, you know, round twenty three make it a big thing. Yep. Um, but Stevie J will be playing deep into finals. Yes. Um, yeah, so if if if, uh, if GWS here are in an elimination final and you go along thinking this is the last time I'm ever going to see mm. Stevie J, and then they win, you're like, oh fuck! Oh, now they're in the first semi. I've got to yeah, go. Oh, yeah. Last time I'm ever going to see Stevie J. Oh, yeah. fuck oh, that one. Then I'm going to prelim. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Go oh. to the grand final. Yeah, oh, fuck it. I've got to go to the grand final now. Oh. Yeah, that's cost me. So it's just it's just uh, he's been an asshole. Yeah, but good on him though. Do you want to hear some of his favourite um, sledges? Oh, I love Stevie J. I love I love a good sledge. <laughs> he's a character. Yeah. Uh, is he a larrikin? He'd definitely be a larrikin. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he break his ankles climbing over a fence at a pub or something? Trying to get back into the Torquay pub, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd been booted and then he was trying to get back in and he jumped the fence <laughs> and broke both ankles. That's an embarrassing way to do it, isn't it? And wasn't that the reason that Collingwood wouldn't ta- take him? Because they said his ankles were too dodgy. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were off, you know, Geelong tried to offload him a few years back. Okay, this is probably a well-known one, but he um, playing against uh, Campbell Brown, Metricon, at the bomb shelter. So he's up at the uh, Suns. Yeah. And said Stevie J kept on shouting, uh, cash or credit, cash or credit. And Campbell didn't know what he meant. Oh, and what then, for? Why would he say cash or credit? That's kept strange. Kept on shouting cash or credit. And yeah. then the next day they said that's because he had front row tickets to the Stevie J show. So, But that, that's popular one. We know that one. Oh, you know what? I'd actually never heard that before. And what really? I like... No, I hadn't. Oh, I, okay. I, know, I, 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 I threw it away then. Yeah, sorry. So then Campbell then came up to Gary Ablett and said, what did he mean by that? Yeah. And Gary Ablett Gary Ablett put the Bible down and said... Yeah, he said, sorry, I'm having a prayer circle, okay? <laughs> uh, and then he <laughs> said, God, would you like me to baptise you? <laughs> he said, get around the family. Uh, yeah. And then he said... That meant that Stevie J was saying that you had front row tickets to the Stevie J show. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. And you know what I like about Stevie J? Cash or credit. I uh, get you know, it, yeah. He's, just, he's flexible. Yeah, sure. Some people just like cash only. You're like, that's a bit dodgy, mate. Like, do you get a receipt for the Stevie J? Well, like, that would have been... Brown claim that? That would have been when he was with the Cats. So yeah. I'm presuming Harry Taylor has an F-plus machine in his, in his, <laughs> yeah, in his, in his sock. sock. Yeah, that's fair enough. He's a smart man. Uh, let me think. So... Uh, let me think. What's this one? Um, Bob Murphy. Ah, uh, oh, that's. Remember when he snuck onto the field? I, I don't recall that story either. I could have felt it was the start of a game or something like that. Anyway, Bob Murphy. At one point, he walked around the boundary line and hid behind the point post. He walked up to me afterwards and said, "Did you see me sneak on?" I said, "Well, clearly not." He just looked at me with a wink and said. It was quite rascalish, wasn't it? That's quite funny. Because he wanted a rascal of the week. He wanted a rascal, Which yeah. Which is uh, Bob's segment on And then obviously AFL famously when he um, would tell him people to call him Nor- Norm. Norm, yeah. Uh, during the 07 grand final. Yeah, after Norm Dare. I like this one, Norm Dare. Fuck, yeah, that's a name. Great. Brisbane Bears coach? Yep, Norm yeah. Dare. Inaugural? Uh, nah, I reckon about the third one. Yeah, okay. One of the better ones, though. Uh, so they had uh, Jake Kelly. So obviously son of um, Craig Kelly. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and so Craig Kelly managed Stevie J, or may still do, yep. uh, having a bit of banter on the field. I quite, I quite like this one, actually, from Jake Kelly. He said, hey, Stevie, don't talk to me like that, mate. You've been paying my business class tickets to Europe for the last 60 years. Love it. I quite like that one. Love it. And that would have hurt Stevie J. Stevie J put his head down and walked off. He said, that's one of the best, young fella. <laughs> Well, you've got to acknowledge it. When you've, been, when you've been sledged... That's quite nice. You go, yeah, you got me. You got mm-hmm. me, a little fuckhead. Hey, um... Because I'm a champion. A little bit. But uh, great, great, great career. Both great careers. Yeah, so Joe. what have we got? we got Joe, we got Stevie, we got Hodgie, we got Mitchell. Nick Revolt. Nick Revolt, of course, Matt yeah. Matt Prittis. Yeah, okay, that's a big one. So that's... I don't remember as many retirees like this since 07. That was a big year because that had, like, Hurdy and Arch. And I think Voss didn't play, but they kind of officially retired that okay. year. That was, a, that was a big, big year. Oh, there was a lot of tears shed when they did their lap of honour on grand final day, wasn't there? Hey, um, did you cry? I cried. Are you a little bit concerned, Adam? I'm always concerned. What am I concerned about this time? Uh, Levi Casbolt might be leaving, Carlton. You know what, Michael? What kind of highlights reel? <laughs> Together. You know what? Uh, so I was at the uh, Carlton Adelaide game. This is a few years back. Maybe it was the year. Maybe it was the game that Juddy did his knee. Yeah. Perhaps. So we're sitting there. Got my reserve members seat. Sitting. Sitting watching the Blue Baggers. About fifty out. Levi Casbolt gets gets the ball. He's on his own. Runs into the fifty. Aims at goal. So he's on the members side. He's he's on a fair angle. Boots it straight out on the full. Not even any chance of it making the goals. And you have not heard forty thousand people uh, laugh. Yeah. And that you just go, I'm a comedian. I'm never going to get laughs like that. Well, you're a comedian. You've, you've never heard 40 people laugh. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I do all sorts of crazy shenanigans when I'm on stage. You're a great juggler. I don't, I don't think Levi Casbolt can leave. I think he owes the uh, club because they've looked after him for many years. When mm-hmm. We know that he has issues with his kicking. Check it out here. I.e. he can't. They say he's on 400 grand. He's, he's in, quite lowly paid. In the market, he could get 600. Yeah. Uh, and... He's a free agent of some type and they've therefore can just walk. Yes, that, yeah. that is correct. And, there, and there's been talk that he's going to Richmond and then Richmond came out and said, no, we're not taking him. Mm-hmm. So then it's a little bit up in the air as to where he'll go. I, I think Carlton will probably offer him a two-year deal because I think he was on a one. Fremantle have also been linked to him. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I, I can't imagine anyone offering three or four years. You know, probably, you know who would? Maybe Collingwood. Just to sit him beside Chris Mayne in the reserves, put him on four years, half a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I just he's, – he's a good maybe third talk because he can ruck. That's, that's the key to him. Yep. And that's why I reckon Carlton offers him another couple of years because we don't want our youngsters in the ruck. How old would he be? Uh, I think he's 20, 26 or 27. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. You know what I noticed creeping into the game yesterday that I want taken out, Michael? I was listening to the call on Fox footy. I was watching the uh, Richmond-Geelong game, which was actually quite a good game, <laughs> down at the Cattery. But uh, the phrase – Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Wait Dwayne Russell keeps saying he gave him the old shake and bake. Uh, is that a don't argue where you don't touch them? Is that where you kind of. It's more like s- a. No, it's more like you've given him a bork, you know, a yeah, bit of a shimmy. Okay. The yep. old school shimmy. Yeah. But he calls it the old shake and the bake. The old shake and bake. Yeah, which I think is absurd because we don't have shake and bake as a product. Now, have you heard anybody else use the term shake and bake? No. Therefore, I think Dwayne's trying to get a bit of the old, uh, get a bit of old catchphrase going. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was Dwayne who started Chaos Ball. Oh, I yeah. would attribute that to him. Uh-huh. And just like BT's got foot candy, he's yeah. trying to get the shake and bake. So you have young kids going, "Oh, can you teach me how to shake and bake, Uncle Michael?" My favourite thing is when someone kicks it out, say kicks it out to the wing, yep. and there's no one around, but mm. there are two players, and then 
Foot race? Becomes a foot race. It is a foot race, isn't it? Yeah. I do love that. It can't be another kind of race. It's a fucking foot race. And they love it. Yeah, so because in the States, shake and bake is like, uh, I think it's the kind of stuff that you put on like a schnitzel. Isn't it kind of maybe like a, I kind of think of shake and bake in terms of like shaker fries. It's that kind uh, of thing. Yeah, no, actually, no. You put, you put like your schnitzel in the bag, uh-huh. shake it, and then bake it. That's what the product is. Oh, okay. And I think they might have used it in Talladega Nights or something like that. I don't know where he's got it from, but... You are absolutely correct. Shake and Bake is a flavoured breadcrumb um, for coating chicken and pork. There you go. For your schnitzels. You place it in a bag. Yeah. Which is what they should start doing to players when you're doing your recovery... And someone's fucked up. Instead of uh, schnitzeling, schnitzeling, you, you shake and bake them. Shake them. You put them in a big put bag. Put them in a bag. Put them in a bag full of sand. Uh huh. Shake the bag around. Uh huh. And you know they may suffocate. Maybe you have to put a hole in the bag. I don't know. Might lose all the sand. Here we go. Urban Dictionary. Shake and bake is Ooh. also smoking marijuana in the cold. Fuck. Because you're getting baked. And but also, oh, here we go. So is that, maybe that's what he's getting at. It was pretty cool in Geelong last. Well, that's like nothing. Here we go as well. Yeah. Um, phrase used this urban dictionary as well. Phrase used when someone did something completely awesome, uh, or when something completely awesome has just been said. Um, here we go. Um, man, I can't believe you hooked up with that girl, Kirsty. Dude, she hella fine. I know, right? Shake and bake. No, so it's kind of like congratulations. Oh, That's okay. the description here on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. And also, Shake and Bake. I, I reckon Dwayne Russell might be hanging around a few shady circles. <laughs> what else is it? A method for making crystal meth in small batches without <laughs> a heat source. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to, Dwayne? <laughs> I love it. First you're smoking marijuana in the cold, now you're making meth. You've got without, breaking, without a heat source. Breaking bad going on. Yeah. So, uh, do you think he's just trawling Urban Dictionary? Looking through, yeah, and he's just going. Oh, he's 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 giving him a dirty. He's dirty Sanchez. <laughs> he's fucking space docked. Now there's quite a few meth references. Yeah. Oh, what a Process great market! The old Cleveland steamer. Um, really, a lot of meth references. Refers to someone's confident to sprinkle some shake. Yep. Or yay on some bake or weed. Mm. Roll a blunt and smoke it. Yep. What do you have to, Dwayne? Yeah, I, I I don't like it. I don't like where he's headed. I. <laughs> Oh, no, that's not as filthy as I thought, yeah. Um, a man essentially... St- oh, no, nah, actually, I won't read that one out. Yeah, thanks. During the week, uh, I don't know whether you saw this, but uh, Wayne Carey has come out and said footballers need to be saved from themselves. Saved from themselves? Yeah, because they're, they're playing through pain-killing injections, and he said whilst it's not uh, performance-enhancing as yeah. such, yeah. the footballers, they, they put themselves through so much mm-hmm. and are willing to you know just go jab it up. Yeah. Fucking hit me. Jab, yeah. Jab me. Yep. Jabby, I'm going back out there. Okay, but your, your leg's falling off. You guys just fucking jab it. Jab it, I'll take it out with me. Did Wayne give any uh, personal details of what he would get up to? Yeah, he has. He uh, So he says... It's On the football field? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so he said he, he quite often got to... Because they're taking a strong stance on concussion, and uh-huh. rightly so, he says. He agrees with that. <laughs> so he hasn't come out and said, no, don't worry about that. But he worries about the, the physical toll talk. To, Taken by the jabbing because he says uh, some question Gary Ablett when he wouldn't even take any inflammatories. That's right, yeah. As he tried to get back from a shoulder problem. Now he says, I had a very similar injury, injury and returned within 10 weeks, but now can't lift my shoulder above 90 degrees. Oh. Star jumps, stop at his shoulders. Ah, oh, he'd be no good at a uh, alt right rally. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if you ever go into the Ducks' house, 
all he's shelving is like eye, eye, eye level. Yeah, nothing above. He can't get yeah. it. Gotcha. Couldn't he have an operation on that? I'm sure he's actually. I'm sure he's looked into that. Yeah, because his his shoulders were notorious in terms of like the taping. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of yeah. He was always strapped that's right. Up. And one popped out. Yeah, kind of in about ninety seven or so. Yeah, remember that. No. Oh, he had a dislocated shoulder. It's a very painful injury. He says, in retrospect, there are times I wish I'd taken longer to get it right rather than playing it well below 100% and having cortisone injections to reduce the swelling. Uh-huh. He says, and he's done a lot of research here. He says, pain is our body's way of telling us something is not right. Wait a second. Yeah. That's pretty insightful. Yeah. So when I... So he says he's not a doctor... But when you're in pain, that's your body going, hey, 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 buddy. So if I say, you know, poured hot acid mm-hmm. on my lap. Hot acid? I don't know why it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> on my lap. Yeah. So if that, that's searing pain, mm. does that mean there's something wrong? Yeah. That's your body saying, hey, Michael. You've got hot. Hot acid. Hot acid. Hot acid <laughs> burning through your testicles right now. <laughs> Uh, good on you, Duck. So he says, as, as a player, you live through the, you live in the moment, okay? First yep. you want to play one game, yeah. then it's two games, 100 games, prelim, whatever it is. And at that point in your career, you don't, you don't even think about the long-term ramifications no. of all these jabs. Uh, he's saying, like, Joel Selwood hurt his ankle against Sydney last week before returning to the field only to injure it even further. Mm. And he's really worried about... He's, he's worried about all these old footballers getting around hobbling. So he's, he's just... He's concerned for the long-term futures of these young... Young, fit men. I would imagine their bodies are horrible. Yeah, well, most when of them can't run. Yeah, so that's one thing. I think it was Richo. I think it's Matthew Richardson's dad. Yeah. I've got a feeling he had to have his leg kind of seized. So the knee, like kind of have it such that you can't bend your leg anymore. Yeah. Because the knee was kind of, you know, decades probably of operations or problems. Yeah, okay. So now you just have this straight leg. Straight leg. Yeah. Can they put in a fake knee? I'm pretty certain that's what happened. What an idiot. <laughs> Great sympathy. No, fuck him. But uh, uh, on, on Talking Footy on Monday night, uh, the duck said the painkillers were performance enhancing. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was Gibbo on Footy Box on the uh, Channel 9 Footy Show. Yep. He said, he made the point that uh, they're not performance enhancing by the fact you're not playing better than you can. Yes. You're just playing up to your own level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, not at all. But uh, I, I, I think it's. You know what? I think it needs to go a step further. I think the Ducks should go around to old players' uh, houses and stuff and see how they're going personally. Mm. Maybe he helps them out. He goes, "Oh, you got you got sore knees. I can. Uh, you need you need something done around the house. Mm. I'll give you a chop out." He should get out there spreading the message that you know pain is body's way of saying something's wrong. Yeah, because obviously, clearly, footballers don't know that. No, absolutely not. They must. You know what? It's probably the doctors at the club. They're like, "Fuck, should we tell them?" They're like, "No, <laughs> no, no, no. We tell them that." Give away our secrets. Yeah, yeah. You tell them that. They that's, won't go back out. That's the only thing we have over there. <laughs> <laughs> we won't let them out there. Hey, shall we wrap it up, Adam? Yeah, we got any footballers in real life, Michael? When I say wrap it up, hang around for the uh, interview with Brian. Um, Barish after this from the USAFL. Uh, it's really quite fascinating chat. But we have, from Josh, we have, I was walking my dog the other day. I was stopped by an old man who was walking towards me with a dog as nearly old as him. He pointed at my tiger beer, orange and black, absolutely nothing to do with Richmond cap. And presuming I was a tiger supporter... Um, started telling me about his childhood. Normally you zone out when a man potentially aged between 80 and 200 stops you (laughs) on the street and starts telling you about the old days. But my interest peaked when he mentioned he worked as an assistant to the Richmond um, bootstutter. Oh, what? He told me... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop the story. 
the Richmond Bootstarter has an assistant. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Like I tell you, how long ago? Okay. He told me he used to scrub the boots of players, every player, and his only payment for cleaning twenty-two odd pairs of probably very muddy shoes every week was a block of chocolate, given to him personally by Richmond Hall of Famer Jack Dyer. Isn't that a cool story? Oh, I think he's full of shit. Unfortunately, the man then suffered a stroke and died in my arms. <laughs> I don't know. The old bloke wandered off before I could get an autograph from this true AFL legend. So what's the boot started doing if the assistant's fucking cleaning the boots? He's got his feet up. Well, maybe he's taking care of other, uh, other important duties like, you know, jumpers and socks. And maybe more of a property steward. Yeah, I don't know. But oh, that's really cool. Um, in fact, there would have been a lot of... I like, emailed Josh back and just said, hey, if you know, if you bump into him again, try and get a number because we have a chat to him. Oh, you want to chat to the old bloke? Yeah, I'd be fascinating. Talk about bootstarting in the 30s yeah, and the 40s. Tell you stories about Jack Dyer. It'd be fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if that's like 50-year-old Jack Dyer or if that's like, you know, 30-year-old playing Jack Dyer, but... Well, you just... You just do you have to be... Uh, if he's a little kid, what was Jack Dyer? 20s? 20s and 30s? 20s and 30s, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd be pushing 100, yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. He's doing well getting out there. Yeah. Uh, here we go. But that's that's. Can I just say? Um, oh, this good one. That's yeah. pretty cheap, cheap payment for clean twenty-two pairs of boots. Just Black and, yeah, but it would have been three bob. Which you know, footballers always say they talk about. Oh, I got, I got, I got. You know, three shillings yeah. from my play, and they always add up. They always add to that, which was a lot of money back then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, block of chocolate might yeah. have been a lot of money back then. Uh, from Josh, the same Josh. Let's have a look. How many people? No, different Josh. Into? Different Josh. Uh, uh, was getting lunch at Fountain Gate Shopping Centre when my eyes were treated with naughties. Carlton icon Lance Whitnell. Oh, here we go. He sported... And where was he at? He was at Fountain Gate Fountain Shopping Centre. Wow, that's the, that's the, the sport, shopping centre of champions. Sported a heavy coat, a white cap and a pair of white sunglasses good. perched on top of his large head. Good. That's a good look. White sunnies are a classy look. Anyone has coloured fucking sunglasses. Like, I get it for, like, it's a fashionable thing. Like, you're doing yeah, it because, yeah. like, that it's actually genuine fashion. But if you don't just have fucking black rim sunglasses, then you're a goose. <laughs> no, but he's got a white hat. He's matching it. I know. He's blending in. Yeah. And he's he, got very, very white skin, Michael. He was seated by himself, observing the crowds pass through the very busy lunch hour. True to form, the great man was chowing down on a Nary Warren delicacy. <laughs> hot chips from Hungry Jacks. That's awesome. I hope that those hot chips were free. Like, I, you know, that's just an indictment on Hungry Jacks. If they're, if the kid that was serving him didn't look up and go, <gasps> on, it's the, on the house, mate. Yeah, on the house. yeah, it goes, mate, just take him. Yeah. Take him. Give just, him the old shake and bake. <laughs> it's like Homer when he's a beast. So, take him. Take him on. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to just pass it on. What's he doing out in Fountain Gate? He's, a, he's an epping boy. What's uh, going on out there? Wh- how far away are they from each other? Well, they're not. They're certainly not close. You know what's happened? Is the uh, he's been banned from the Hungry Jacks in Epping and Laylor, mm-hmm. and so he goes to the the one the Nary Warren eating one. them out of house and home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, mate, you can't come back in. Um, also, people, last week we were a bit confused about an email we got about uh, Khan the Pear. Yeah, Port Adelaide. So we got emails from people saying that they call it the Pear or Khan the Pear because it, it's kind of easier than saying Khan the Power. Yeah, because they're saying that uh, perhaps Port Adelaide fans. They were implying. They did imply a lot. Yeah, they may not have had the strongest of education. <laughs> yeah, and so power was a little bit too much to get your mouth around. So pair is how they do it. So I, I kind of like that. I think it should be uh, for other teams. And also this one. Um, Which is odd when they're, when they're supporters throw bananas. 
Oh, God. Fuck. Fucking idiots. Uh, there's one here. There's a bit of kind of a thing from Alex. Uh, he was looking up um, Matt Suckling's Wikipedia page. Oh. Uh, said, hailing from Wagga, Wagga, uh, Suckling played Hawthorne with uh, Isaac Smith at the Wagga Hawks for several years before moved to Wagga. Uh, anyway, uh, known as the Black Prince of the Western Suburbs. Suckling is. Yeah, and then someone's had a bit of fun. In 2017, he began his Brownlow medal charge with four goals in the JLT preseason match outside <laughs> against the, the Suns. Um, this was later considered as one of the greatest individual performances of all time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll wrap it up. I like that. We're at JunkTonoFLPod at Gmail and Facebook and Twitter. Remember our live show. Not many tickets left. Sunday, September 3, with our special guest, Luke Hodge and Justin Kuzicki. And, I don't know, could be somebody else. Yes. Here it is! Yeah. And then uh, also stick around for this chat with Brian Barrish from the US AFL. Go Hawks. Go Blues. We got a very special guest, Adam, all the way from the United States of America. Over here for the International Cup, we mm-hmm. have from the States, Brian Barish. Hello, Brian. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wait, it's afternoon. Hello. How's it going? It's good morning back in the States, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah you're, over, you're over here for the International cup. KFL, International Cup, it's called, is it? Yep. So teams from all over the world come to Australia? Yep. Come we have Melbourne? Yep. We have 18 teams here, 18 countries from all over uh, hmm. United States, Canada, Great Britain, South Africa, Japan, Indonesia, Pakistan, Nauru, New wow. Zealand. All over the place, and it's uh, 18 men's teams and eight women's teams. And no, no team from Syria this year. Uh, no, there <laughs> oh, was okay. no. Now there was a team, uh, the Indi- um, India, the uh, Israeli uh, Palestinian peace team. That's right. They had the peace team a few oh, years yeah, ago, which I think too. might have been coached by Dipper. I yeah, think you would be correct. Yeah, sir. Uh, 2008 they were. I don't remember if they were coached by him in 2011. Okay. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, Dipper coached them. Um, it's funny because um, uh, Paul Ruse actually was the first coach for the USA uh, Revolution. Back in 1999. No way. Yeah. So, so was he living in America at the time, or no? He would have been. I think he was. He would have been playing for Sydney then, or is he just retired? Just retired. I think he had yeah. just retired. Yeah. yeah. And I think he had just through some connections, and he said, "I'll take it on." And uh, that was the first uh, USA Revolution game was in '99 when we beat the Canadians for the first time. And it's now f- uh, 15 out of 16. And I just wanted to sort of. <laughs> just whack at it. Yeah, just a little whack at it a little bit. But so you you played in that side? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I'm I, I could never get here as a player. Yep. Um, you know, my dad says I run like a pregnant giraffe, so okay. uh, I'm not a very good athlete. So um, no, I played for the Philadelphia Hawks Australian Football Club and uh, played 61 games for them and um, uh, took on the role of um, secretary, social media guy, their media manager, and. Um, and uh, you make friends because we have 40, 40 uh, clubs, tw- uh, to about 2,000 players across the, across the country. And, yep. uh, but uh, in Philadelphia, we basically played the same three or four teams every year. So you make a lot of friends. Yes, okay. Mm. And uh, two of them, uh, Mike Shepard and Drea Casillas, were on the board. Uh, they liked the work I was doing in Philadelphia, and they were nice enough to say, you know, we feel you should do this for the league. And um, here I am in Australia. So now you are the USA media manager. manager. USA, USAFL. Media manager. Yep. Yeah. So, so tell us about your journey into footy. How did you come hmm. across Australian rules football? Um, it was the summer of 1995. Picture it, Sicily, two, 1902. No, it was um, uh, t- 1995, and I came home from school one day, and um, so your summer, our winter. So Carlton were dominating back then. Yes, they were. Out there, yeah. <laughs> the dark days. <laughs> well, and they haven't done so since. So, uh, <laughs> Take it easy. Steady, steady on. I like you, 
Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I um. So yeah, so I came home from school one day and um, I just was flipping around the channels. I was just eating my my snacks and yep. waiting to avoiding my homework, and um, I saw this game, and I had seen it briefly. Okay. When I was when I was younger, they had had it on TV, something with ESPN, but they had maybe on for about four seconds, and, and that was it. So I recognized it, but I didn't understand it at the time, and I that one hour completely changed my life because. It was fast. It was. It was. And and this the goal. The goal signal. People that like too, the that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Don't you? Yeah, we do. Especially if you talk to people on ESPN, like who watched it on ESPN back in the seventies um, and the eighties. That's what they get. So anyway, uh, that's how I got into it. So I would start listening and following the matches online. I started listening to the broadcast. That's how I got into like Rex Hunt and Kometi and uh, Wow BT to a lesser extent. Yeah, but, much uh, lesser. <laughs> but, much but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, but anyway, so. Fast forward to 2007, and um, uh, sorry, just yeah, to interrupt ahead. you. There, how hard was it to access all that kind of stuff? Like pre, because would have been 2000s. The internet kind of kicked in solidly. Yeah. So before that, what was your access to the game like? Just the internet. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, we didn't get a ball. Now, mind you, the USAFL has been around since 1997. Yep. But at the time, and I knew there was a league, but I never really. I was too much of a wimp to actually like. Uh, yeah, and to, to really like explore it and get out of my shell and everything. But uh, but yeah, so 2007 comes around and um, I had just missed the year before seeing the grand final on TV. My wife went to school and uh, outside of Washington D.C. and um, and uh, we went to a bar for her birthday because her birthday was like the night before the grand final. And we went to the bar and uh, they had just shown the game the night before. And I had spent the entire time up until three o'clock in the morning yeah. the previous night sitting in front of the screen, no vision, just listening to Rex and Clinton Gribus call the game. And I was like, oh, man. So the next year we went out to the grand final and it was at an Applebee's. And an Applebee's is a generic American restaurant. Nothing, you know, not nothing against them, but you know, nothing special. But anyway, um, and uh, we went up, and they had the game on, and it was hosted by the Philly Hawks. And they very, you know, they slowly came over and were talking to my wife and I. First of all, they said, "Who are you?" And secondly, <laughs> how how did you find out about us? How did you find out about footy? And then, have you ever thought about playing? And I said, you know, I run like a pregnant giraffe, and that's just what my dad thinks about me. Um, but they said, no, don't worry about it. Come out and have a kick. So. Uh, I came out following year to a uh, to a Metro game, which was a nine aside game, and um, John Loring, who's with the Revolution, as he played for the Revolution, two thousand two, two thousand five, two thousand eight, two thousand eleven, uh, here as a runner in twenty seventeen, and um, he came over to me, he shook my hand, said, Are "You here to play footy?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to try," and then he pointed to a guy, to a bunch of guys in uh, hand me down Geelong jumpers, and said, "See yeah. those guys." He got 10 minutes to learn their names because you're going to be playing with them. And then when the game ended, he came over and said, Brian, what did you think? I said, oh, I had a great time. He said, good. What are you doing in three weeks? I said, um, I don't think I have any plans. Why? He said, our first game of the season is in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're renting a bus and driving down there. It's an eight-hour bus ride. Uh, you want to come? I was like, to watch? They said, no, dummy, to play. I was like, oh, okay, fine. So, And this is in a nine-a-side? Uh, now this was eighteen aside. Eighteen, okay, full size. Yeah, the metro because the metro, a lot of the the the, the uh, uh, clubs did yeah. nine aside to bring in more people and yep. to get them acclimated into the game, and and it and it works. It really does because we've gotten a lot of people have gone through the metro and and on the women's side through the coed through the Auskick, and they also do metro. I mean, we play footy as small as like five and six aside over there yeah, because okay. of the numbers, and um, 
yeah, and that just builds up to the 18 aside footy, and that's what we have here. Wait, you, you, get, said, you, you said Oz kick then. So do you mean there? Uh, Oz ball. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but we do have some Oz Oz kick problems. We, we call it Oz ball. I just meant like, do you have kind of little uh, clinics for little kids? Um, the only organized one we have, uh, Chris Adams does one in um, Baltimore, Washington, that area. And Chris is actually here with his son, who right now is the only graduate of that program to come up and play in the USAFL. And they're, they're actually here as umpires. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does that. He's done that every Saturday for 10 years during the season. Um, we try to get some impromptu clinics. And, and we do that also for the women, especially in Philadelphia. We're trying to get women started, uh, women's team started, which we, we have. In fact, we have two girls over here on the uh, seconds team that have played uh, earlier. Yep. And um, just within the last year, and here they are in Australia. So it's it, that's the biggest part is we, we need to get more into the development. We haven't really done that. Are there many expats who, you know, go play for the teams? Like if, if Michael and I went over, we would be possibly the best players in the yeah, league. Yeah, I was going to say as well. I played for the Wimbledon Hawks in the British League okay. uh, back in 1998. It's a long time ago. And the rule at the time was that it had to be half, half foreign. Yep, that's right. what it is now. Half of, the, half of the team has to be what are called nationals. So if you're playing for an American club because we have Canadian clubs at the national championships. Um, you ha- have to club has to be national. Yeah. So that's what the rule is in the in the states. Um, I would say it's about seventy percent American and twenty five percent Australian and then five percent everyone else. So. Um, so where would they yeah. be? Where would the five percent be from? Um, Canada, Ireland. Uh, I play with a guy from Guyana. Um, we have a German guy. We had a guy in, in the Netherlands, uh, from the Netherlands, play for North Carolina, um, Japan, a couple of guys from Russia, all over the place. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a guy, uh, Sam Whitehead from Houston, who played in the 2008 International Cup Grand Final. Are there people who come to the game who try to play it who've never kicked a footy before? They just go, I really like what I see. I'm oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's really what we try to do is people see it on TV or people think we're rugby. And um, yeah. we actually recruited a couple of people, just friends of friends. You know, they, or they'll come and they'll come and watch play and they'll be like, wow, this is something I think I could get behind. They might not like being tackled. Yeah. Uh, they might not like That's you know. It's like Michael, very, very <laughs> soft. Listen, That's I'm like unusual. I'm like a hippo on a moon bounce, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but um, no, I mean, yeah, we have a lot of people that um, have never tried it, and the best part about it is is and and even having been a student of the game, such as myself, um, I was never made to feel like well, I'm a terrible athlete or everything. Everybody was like, come on, we'll, we'll teach you. We'll bring you along with us. It'll be great. And that's, I think, the best asset that this game has in the States is the fact that there are so many people. Listen, everybody starts somewhere. And in the States, it's a lot different because usually that starts about 25 years old, yeah. give or take. So we've all done the same journey. So, um, yeah, it, it, we do get a lot of people, but usually within a year. Listen, we got a lot of people here playing on the USA national team in the International Cup that a year or two ago, had no idea what this game was, and here they are playing at the national level. And what separates like an, just an average player to a good player? Is it someone who can bounce? Because I imagine the bounce would be the hardest. That's what I was going to ask. The Actually, hardest what, thing to master. What was the hardest skill? Was it kicking, bouncing, handballing? For, for me, it was well, kicking I people in the face. Was that the hardest? Yeah, uh, yelling yeah. at the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I played other sports. That came in, that, that came yeah. natural. Um, 
the balance actually when I was the last skill I really picked up tackling I'm not a tackler like I just I, I again I'm, I'm hopeless when it comes to that I basically just there was the ruck and the ball would go to ground and there would be you know stacks on the mill there'd be like 10 15 players and I would sit out there like a like a doctor waiting for a baby to be delivered You're waiting an outside for the ball person. Yeah. yeah I'm a worker yeah, yeah. receiver yeah and I'm a goal and I'm a goal sneak you know I mean, I mean <laughs> there you go you Joe the goose you're yeah an, you're an excitement machine I'd, <laughs> I'd make a good fly half in rugby because I'd just be sitting there like, all right, come on, boys, get it out so I can run. Uh, yep. um, but I think in terms, you know, the skill is probably, the, the bounce is probably the toughest skill to pick up for Americans. Um, but to me, the most difficult part, I think, about the game was just positioning. I was a full forward. Mm-hmm. I was a good slow full forward. And, um, you know, that's usually not too bad because one guy will lead from the forward line and then you just follow him. Whereas on the ruck, or rather in the, in the pockets, you had to be the leader. Yeah. And so you'd be like, you know, you'd have to go. and then, but, it, but it'd be like, you should have gone five seconds ago. And I'm like, I didn't know that. You know, so um, that, that's in, in noticing the players, that's probably the, the newer players. That's probably the hardest thing to pick up is just game sense. Mm-hmm. But a lot of players are getting there. And, and but like I said, on both national teams, we have a lot of new players. And they've really improved over the last couple of years. So. And from which sport do they seem to pick it up the quickest? Like, do you think that it's people who come from lacrosse or soccer? Because American football is very one way. Yes. Everything's in front of you, whereas AFL is 360. I think soccer, especially if you're a midfielder and you're a ruck, uh, like a ruck rover. Yeah, um, it all happens around you. It all happens around you and you go because the other side of that is is, um, I was talking to Rosie Klo, who plays for the women's team, and she rucks, and she's used to, for her home club for the Sacramento Suns, She's used to always being in the play, always being where the ball is. Well, on the national team, they put her back on defense, and she's like, I don't know what to do when the ball's on the other side of the field. And I say, you know, you got you to gotta pretend that, you're, that the person you're tagging is like chewing gum. You want to stick on them, and by the end of the game, I want to know what flavor they are. So um, it's... It's a little bit of um, it, it's it's a little bit of an adjustment for that, but um, we got players from all over the place. Yeah. I mentioned Rosie. Rosie was a rower in, uh, okay. in college, and she brought three of her rowing friends, and one of them, Liz Danielson, is playing for the national team. So um, we've got power lifters and uh, you know uh, uh, badminton players yeah. and, and tennis players. Do you have larrikins? Because uh, every football team needs a larrikin. Do you have spiritual leaders? Um, yeah, and I think like yes, yeah, certainly. I know. <laughs> Larrikin was, but I had to think about that for a second. Um, yeah, um, now the the captain of the men's national team, the revolution that's yeah. here, is is Kyle Johnson. Um, Kyle is a very interesting character, uh, but he's also probably one of the most dedicated footballers out there, and he they gave him the mantle of captain. And the thing is, is uh, we've had him do commentary at nationals in previous years, and we've had to warm him about making jokes about the anatomy. And uh, <laughs> he's constantly ignored that, so he just sort of marches to the. He just sort of like does his own thing. Yeah. But when it comes to the team, there's nobody more dedicated to him than that. He's been a great ambassador and a great character for this game. So from the national team perspective, I yeah. would say it's manly. Yeah. Can I find out a bit more about the USAFL itself? You said there were 40 teams. 40 teams. We have 2,000 players, of which we have about 400 women, and. Uh, 40 of those 40 teams uh, will have officially number 40 by the end of the year in Portland, Maine. The Maine Cats mm-hmm. um, should be there soon. But, uh, yeah. Um, so if you're in Philadelphia, who are you playing? Because I imagine you're not, you're not 
flying three hours every weekend to go somewhere. Right? No, we're going to. Uh, well, it's not every weekend. It's probably. Well, no, we've had like every other weekend is when we've had games over the last couple of years. So New York, Boston, Baltimore, Washington, uh, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Columbus. Sometimes they'll come to us, and then we'll fill in with like Metro games when we can't get them. And then we have uh, regional tournaments every year, which the league sponsors. This year we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Denver. And there's three completely different markets because Raleigh has had a team for 20 years. They've been sort of treading water in terms of participation. They've always had enough for a full team. Uh, Denver, they're the eight-time men's national champions and six-time women national champions. So their program is altitude training all the time. (laughs) Exactly. To run out of game better. Nope. And then we have, then we've got Little Rock, Arkansas, which just we just started a team there, the Little Rock Coyotes, and we had a lot of really good press. We had a lot of people come by and say, uh, "Yeah, we want to promote this and all this other stuff." And we had 150 people come, not attached to the team, that just wanted to come and see the game and wanted to see what it was all about. The funny part was, is we had a couple who just found out about it. It was on a Saturday. Just found out about it that day drove 40 minutes to come and watch the end of the tournament. They're huge AFL fans, and they're from Arkansas, and they've never been to Australia before. But it was funny listening to them. Well, I love Eddie Betts and that Tex Walker. He's the best, you know. So just just <laughs> listening to them in that draw yeah. is just is just wonderful, and it just shows, like, we just need more hearts beating for this game. So, so there are, what, maybe like uh, five or six different leagues around the nation, and then you come together for a... Yeah, it's it used to be there was like three. There was the EFL, the MAFL, and sort of like the, the Western conglomerate, mm-hmm. if you will. But they... Um, it's almost like college football at this point. Everyone sets up their own schedule. Because here's the thing. Right. It, it's, it's, you can't really mandate a schedule because teams have different resources. You know, New York could have the ability to, you know pay to you know have them have their players go out to california once a year um but the thing is is that all the regions are have different abilities you look at new york new york has for many years been the best team in the east um and baltimore washington's been up there too but they every year they always beat boston they always beat baltimore washington they always beat philadelphia they always beat north carolina they don't want to play those teams anymore uh necessarily they want to it's not that they don't want to play them but they want to they would instead of going to north carolina where they know they might win pretty big and i'm not saying they would i'm saying you know in their minds oh yeah you don't start anything no not at all <laughs> listen i've started enough on this trip but um They'd rather go to Austin and play the defending national champions. Yeah, they'd rather go to LA. Exactly, they want to be tested, and they also want a trip. I mean, a lot of the thing is, is that you know teams make three road trips a year, Mm -hmm. roughly, usually short ones, and then nationals, and then um, and and they want to go. They want to make it a destination. I mean, you know, the Cleveland team offered to play Philadelphia this year, and they said we'll meet you halfway. And we were thinking, hmm, Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Well, let's go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's uh, a lot of it is also just you know everyone is putting in their own time as they do in the amateur leagues here. So, yeah, um, yeah, they they want to go somewhere and make it an occasion. Oh, do, do they sell pies at the game? Um, sometimes because we actually have um, some a pie distributor that does the uh, the big brand the four and twenty. Oh, cool! Uh-huh. So I've had my share of four and twenty, and now over here I can have different kinds of four and twenties. I can have it with pepper. I can have it without pepper. I can what about uh, chicken salt? Is there any any talk of chicken salt over in the uh, um, in the m- USA? My right? wife wants me to bring back some. <laughs> <laughs> Matani, you got to yeah. get the Matani. The best one. Yep, I'll have to I'll have to sneak some back. I hope you know, I hope it makes it through customs. So this is your first trip to Australia. Yes, and. And you got here 
two Thursdays ago. Yep. Is that right? Uh, so, this past Thursday. Yeah, two Thursdays ago. Yeah. So you managed to take in a couple of games? Uh, four. Four, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Geelong uh, at home against Sydney. I was out in the terraces for that, which oh, yeah. was uh, an experience. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> we had four drunk Britons behind us. It was pretty, and they were from basically one person from all four countries. It was great. We had we had one Irishman, we had one Scot, we had one Englishman, and one Welshman, and it was insane. It's it was the start a of a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all walk into a footy game, and um, but. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then we went into the MCG. Can I ask you, sorry, yes. just to stop you on that? Yeah, one. No what, what surprised you the most about being there and seeing the game played at the elite level? Um, the speed. Yeah, it was very fast. But and the one thing I like, and you don't get it on TV, and you don't, you know, not very often, is you get to see the plays develop because ninety-five percent of the game is off the ball. Yeah. So, and that again, that goes back to what I struggled with. So I was telling some of the the girls that were relatively new, and some of the guys too. Watch the players. Watch the forward line. If you're if you're a backliner, watch what they do. Don't pay attention to the ball. Don't pay. Just just take a glance down and see what they're doing. When the ball's on the other side of the field, when the ball's on on one wing, when the ball's on the other wing, watch them and then watch the play develop. You can learn so much by that, and and it's something that you don't really get to see on TV. Yeah, because they're focused on the ball and not what's happening in, in the forward mm-hmm. line where there's nothing there. Exactly. Um, and was it nice to call an umpire a fucking dog in person? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I didn't get that far, but I have to be very careful with the umpire. I have to be very careful with the umpires because I know the umpires here in the States, and uh, yeah. I do go umpiring myself. So, Do you get uh, a bit fired up when you're on the boundary line? Eh. When you're watching the Philadelphia Magpies run around? Philadelphia Hawks a little bit. Oh, uh, sorry, Hawks, yeah. oh when I was on the bench? Uh, when I was on the bench, yeah, I was a little bit. I was like, come on. But I, I try not to, especially since some of those guys are my mates. So, yeah. What I, about yelling bull? Does that oh, happen? I do that all the time. You okay. know what? What's funny is I do it is if I'm, you know, I was with some friends. Actually, it was at, at Eddie had last night, and uh, they were all um, they were all they're all crow supporters, and I was yelling ball on both sides. You know, every time I was like, ball, yeah, it, it was it, it's fun. Like I do it even when it's sort of a tackle. It's like been ingrained to me. So it's weird that stuff. Like calling out, like at the game last week, I went to Hawthorne Richmond, and um, uh, you know, someone gets taken high, and just they go neck, yeah, and then, like someone <laughs> yeah. gets tripped, you go um, leg, leg, leg. Yeah. <laughs> calling out body parts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right foot green. No. Um, but uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I went to the MCG. I actually, was at the MCG for uh, Essendon and Carlton and, and uh, the AFL. Um, oh, that was a great. That was a great. That was a great game, yeah. and uh, it was great for neutrals like us. Hmm. And um, well, before the game, we had the Parade of Nations, and that's when they had all the international oh, cool. people. Hmm. Yeah. So so here's the thing, mind you, I'd never been to the MCG before, so I was like, I can see it. It's over there. Hmm. The MCG is over there. And mind you, twenty plus years of listening, like staying up at night, two o'clock in the morning, listening to the games from the MCG, and there it was. And um, so my first experience with the MCG was walking out the race through the tunnel and going and walking around the outer... Walking around on the field. I've never fucking done that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so yeah. amazing. And some and some seppo flies all the way over here. And his second day yeah. here, he's he's on. You got to move to Papua New Guinea, Adam. Yeah. Play for them. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. Bougainville attackers, <laughs> the Bougainville mosquitoes. Yeah. Um. But um. And that was cool because we had people like taking our pictures and like giving us high fives. We had little kids with American flags for crying out loud. That was great. Um. So I went to that, and then the last two nights I've been to uh, Eddie had to see the Giants and Bulldogs, and then last night, of course, the Crows and the Bombers. Yeah. Wow, and and what what did you think of the G when you got there? Oh my goodness! So, all right, so here's how I describe it: in in America, in the '60s and the '70s, so 
they, uh, football was largely played on baseball grounds. And the problem is, is I'm sure you've seen a baseball ground. They're not rectangular. They're yeah. not really rectangular. So what happened was is that in the 60s and the 70s, they wanted to make the grounds multi-purpose. And uh, so they came up with these big concrete donut-looking things. They were circular. They were supposedly had better sight lines. The fact of the matter is, is that they were bereft of. They, held, they all had the personality of a squished ant. They had absolutely yeah. no personality to them, um, and and they're all gone, with the exception of RFK Stadium in, in Washington D.C., which is the first. That was the first of them. That was I think 1961. And um, DC United, the MLS team, is moving out. Um, we had one veteran stadium. Again, the only personality that came from it was the fans, like the 700 level, which was the rowdy, you know, you know, you the know, bleacher creatures, the bleacher creatures. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And then the fact that the turf was always it was always softer to go out on the interstate and paint it green. So, <laughs> but anyway, so it, it, it was softer to play out on on I 95. So, so the um, MCG is everything those stadiums wanted to be because it's a multi-purpose stadium, but. It's hallowed, and it has this history. Oh, it can do football and cricket. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and and soccer, and and anything you want, and, and Guns and Roses, and Guns and Roses, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it could do. It's, I'm I'm a triple threat. No, yeah. it's um, but but it's everything those stadiums wanted to be because there's so much history and there's an aura, and it's almost gladiatorial. Yeah, oh, like totally. I I felt like I was in a. I it's felt a culture, like I was isn't it? Yeah, culture, absolutely. Um, and it's just it was just a lot of fun, and um, and yeah, and so the hope is. That the U.S. will play there next Saturday. If yeah. we now, now it's all about the percentage at this point. But uh, amazing. But yeah. So why don't we give that a pump up? Actually, so yeah. take us through the details. They're playing curtain races before a particular game next week. Yeah. So, um, so we've got uh, two. So we got two rounds left um, in the International Cup uh, Tuesday at Royal Park. Uh, the men play France. The U.S. men play France on uh, Tuesday morning at nine thirty local time. Oh, so kicking the jaw off the grass. and that is jaw heavy. I know. <laughs> 7.30 in the morning. Well, so, well, the good news is it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S., so it's for real Monday night football. Right. Um, <laughs> for the TV audience. Yeah. They do that, yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. So anyway, so, um, so yeah, so that – so what, Tuesday? Yeah, so that's Tuesday. So here's what has to happen. So in order for them to make the G, so we have two teams at 4-0, Papua New Guinea and Ireland, and they play each other at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. One, the winner – is that's that's a preliminary final right there because oh. the winner goes right to the G and traditional rivals. Yeah, exactly. PNG and Ireland. Yeah, they go way believe back. it. Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the 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 loser of that will join. I'm sorry, it's New Zealand and Ireland. I apologize. Oh, okay. It's not PNG. Uh, PNG plays South Africa. They have one loss, as do the U.S. And the U.S. plays France. So basically, what has to happen is is the U.S. has to throttle France and hope that their percentage is better than PNG with one loss, and then whoever loses the New Zealand Ireland game. Best case scenario, that's Ireland because Ireland has a worse percentage, mm-hmm. and then it would be it would be those two teams that would go to the G as a curtain raiser for Collingwood Geelong on Saturday. Oh, that's amazing. And the women, a decent crowd too. Oh, it would be. And, and now the women uh, are uh, the curtain raiser at Eddie had later on in the day for Hawks blues and the women, uh, the freedom are in, um, they're in the semifinal against Canada at 1 PM uh, on Tuesday as well. And if they win, they would play either great Britain or Ireland. Um, and they've already lost to Ireland. Ireland's got like 12 Australian based players. They're a very, and, and one AFLW player, uh, so they're a tough team. 
stadium. Oh, but cool. Well, if you're in Melbourne, then it's just down in uh, Park Street in Royal Park. Yep. The Oval's down there where they usually play lacrosse. Just near the zoo. Hmm. If you want to check it out. So, yep. you're the media manager for the UAE, USA AFL. It's on my hat. I know, I know. It's hard to, I got to say USA AFL. Yeah. yeah. USA AFL. Yeah. So, what's that involved? Is that a paid position? Is that a... I get a... Yeah, um, it's part-time. What I do you make? It's what do you make? <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to sleep with people who you work with? Like we do at the <laughs> AFL. Left um, I think my wife would have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, so... Well, apparently, so yeah. Apparently, well... You know, my yeah. Go uh, ahead. Get an idea of your role, but also, is there a head office? Are there five people who work for the league? Are there? Oh you know, gosh, the AFL throws some money at you. <laughs> oh well, okay. Well, there's so many questions. Well, let's back up a second. Um, so what I do is, um, so I do. I wear so many hats, um, literally and figuratively, because I picked up about ten different hats on my way here in Australia. I've got you know Western Spurs hat. I've got a Boleyn Templestowe Bullands hat and all yeah. that other stuff. But anyway, Devin Kubra. No. Okay. There I you think go. I'm going to get one for my dad. Cause, get you know, one of those foam domes. You know, we get two beers on each <laughs> yeah. side of the hat and the straws. Yeah. Traditional straws. So I do, <laughs> I do social media. I do... Um I do uh, I do the write-ups. I do interviews. I do web content. Um, social media, I guess, is most of my time just because of the other stuff. Not that it takes a lot of time, but there's not a lot of stuff on a lot. So it's, yep. And it's just easier to take out your phone at work. No, I didn't actually say that. No, take out my phone at work and just, like, flip on and see who, you know, who's chatting about what um, news or team news or anything like that. And then uh, when we come to the tournaments, I do commentary. Yeah, and, cool. And uh, that's my favorite part of the job is doing the comedy. And who do you base yourself on? Like which Rex Rex Hunt. Rex Hunt. Yeah. So you carry on like a fool. Yabba-dabba-doo. I don't say yibbida-yibbida, but I do. There are certain because I think that's a little much. But I do say um, worm-burning, finger-breaking, mongrel punt. Yeah. <laughs> I do say the ball comes spinning back in the play. Beautiful transportation of the air conveyance. That's another one. And um, there was one that I um, do. You come up with nicknames for the players. Make up your own nicknames. I, Rex you, would do that a lot. You know, he he would have the pontiff we had the cranium yep um well yeah, it was very annoying because you couldn't follow it. you had to think about you had to think about going on. he sends it on to to george cooney when he was talking about adam adam cooney um uh, yep. well I've come, i mean i've tried to come up with a couple and um i know uh, drea casillas who is uh she's the secretary of the usafl she's also one of our best defenders she's played 13 seasons she's the secretary of defense um Lovely. we have <laughs> valerie barbara axthelm who's the mighty hyphen uh or just or just axe um um, uh, well, my favorite one, and I didn't come up with it. Uh, we have a uh, Ben Carpenter, and his nickname is Chippy, because uh, Chippy is a carpenter. Uh, but um, Dave Greziak is Greasy. I oh, mean, yeah. that's just that just goes. Um, you know, my favorite nickname is we have a guy named Anthony Butt, and his nickname is Seymour. <laughs> Love it, and, uh, and and that's actually what they call me. They go Seymour, Seymour. I'm like, oh great. That's so, a- are there full time stuff promoting the? Uh, we league? have. One full-time staff member, and he's our operations manager. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically, if it weren't for him, like we would be dead as a doornail because he does all the logistics. He helps organize, um, basically organizes the regional tournaments, uh, the national tournaments, because he's also our national tournaments director. And I'll say his name, Dorn James. Um, he's been involved about 10 years. Uh, he was as a player, and now he does this. And um Basically, is is the is the cog, the main cog of this, and then we have a number of uh, part timers. I'm a part timer. I would love to do this full time. Um, you know, I, I'm in IT, and uh, 
IT sort of wearing on me at the moment. So uh, and and you know now you come here and and I've, this has been my job. This has been my life for the last week, and and I'm I'm enjoying every minute of it. So it would be cool to actually like do it as a full time job. But yeah. but we're a nonprofit, and and you had asked Michael about so the, is the AFL. Yeah, well, <laughs> you had asked about that about how the AFL like do they do contribute, they contribute? Yeah. Um, they do. It's not. I, I think they. It would be helpful if they if they contributed more. Mm-hmm. How's that for a uh, political answer? Um, for a PC answer? Um, Don't they kind of send over jumpers and stuff like that? Is that kind of money? That's club by club. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. You mentioned the New York Magpies. Um, they have a very good relationship with Collingwood, and so they send them they send them stuff. Uh, Baltimore Washington and the Washington uh, Baltimore Washington Eagles and the um, and the West Coast Eagles. They have a very good relationship. In fact, I did an article about it about uh, a tournament of theirs and ended up on their website. And I was like, well, okay, cool. You know, so they're really keen about this, the, about that. Um, Footscray and the uh, Denver Bulldogs uh, have a pretty decent relationship. I really like it that you call them Footscray. They're, that's what they are, right? <laughs> um, listen, I was up in North North Fitzroy and I saw Fitzroy Lions stuff and I was mm. like, whoa. Yeah. Um, old school. Old school. I'm rooming, by the way, with John Ironmonger. Speaking oh wow! No way! Yeah. So, am I right that he played in the USAFL? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he played for Golden Gate and um, and uh, actually rearranged the face of one of the Philly Hawks <laughs> once. Um, He'd be a big unit now, surely. Oh, he's uh, he, you know what? And because he, he's from Perth, he sounds like Dennis Cometti. Because I heard him talking to his wife, and he was like, "Hello, Linda," and I was expecting to say, "Yep, my day has been sent to me to perfect." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all maybe it's all people from Perth. They all sound the same, but um, no. But he's. I mean, I mean, it's um, just so I know the history of it as well. But yeah, going back to it, 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 and and some clubs. Listen, some clubs don't have that, and some clubs go on their own. I mean, you look at some of the names of the teams because we have you know Hawks and Demons and yep. Eagles, etc. But we also have the Fort Lauderdale Fighting Squids. The Houston Lone Stars, the Columbus Jackaroos, the Seattle Grizzlies, the Portland Steelheads, yep. Las Vegas Gamblers. So, and and it's just a matter of you know, as a league, I think we've come to the conclusion that we need to hustle to get things done and mm-hmm. do yeah. it on our own. And it's it's difficult because you know. U.S. is such, as, as I'm sure you know, as it is here, it's such a crowded sporting environment. You take a sport like uh, like here, like baseball or gridiron football, it's always going to be buried underneath cricket yes, and yeah. footy and yeah. everything else. I mean, there there's so much. There's there's individual. There's um, there's individual sports. There's football, gridiron football, and basketball and baseball and soccer and lacrosse and rugby and everything else. And so it's a matter of what we need to set ourselves apart. And and a lot of people, they're like, uh, they're like, people, rugby players are like, ah, oh, footy is too violent, and which I, I call bullshit on. But that's another side altogether. But um, yeah, I mean, it it'll come together at some point. The growth has been fairly slow, but. It, it, it'll come at some point. We'll right. wrap it up very shortly. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, so on Twitter, you can follow me at Barish USAFL, B-A-R-R-I-S-H-U-S-A-F-L. And on, uh, uh, if you want to follow us, uh, the league, it's at USAFL1997. Uh, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash USAFL. Uh, no, just USAFL. 
and on YouTube if you want to watch. We've uh, produced some of the matches on our own uh, that we've done here. Uh, uh, we did a double header today uh, at Royal Park in Melbourne Uni with the women. Uh, and uh, that's on uh, YouTube.com slash USAFL1997. Awesome. And you can head to the AFL website. It's got all the details of the games for this coming week, including the grand finals on um, Saturday. Yeah, and I'll say... Uh, afl.com.au slash international cup and I only say that because um, it's harder to find than a needle in a haystack on the site so um, it is slightly buried yeah which is which is which is another rant for another day (laughs) Um, one final question yep who do you barrack for and why well, I always ha- a- hate answering this question because I'm afraid I'm going to get beat up. Um, <laughs> um, so, having played for Philadelphia Hawks, I barrack for Hawthorne. You oh, fucking hey! fucked. Hey, look oh. at the posters over there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. I don't know why I let you put them up at Wayne Jackson Studios. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, but awesome. you know what? But you know what? Here's the thing. Like now, now, why? Who do you barrack for? I'm Carlton, but. Uh, Hawthorne. Okay. Here's Hawthorne my supporters are incorrig- <laughs> here's my, incorrigible. Here's my saving grace. Uh, put on my Luke Hodge t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> my my saving grace. No, 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 no. Here's my saving grace. Are you ready? Mm. My favorite player of all time is Bruce Duell. Good. And my favorite player to watch was Kuda. Okay. When I first started. There you go. So I, I only bar- – and, and, and I didn't really even pick a team. I, I commiserated with the Saints because I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. And at the time, 1995, they had only won one World Series since being founded in 1883. Sounds awfully familiar if you're a St. Kilda <laughs> fan. So um, I sort of went for them. And I liked Nick Rewalt. I still do. I, you know, Still one of the most exciting players that I've seen you know play on the other side of a TV screen. And, and Milne. Don't forget Stephen. Yeah, Milne, Milne yeah. and Harvey and, yeah. uh, and Ozzie Jones. You know, um, it's 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 funny to just remember some of these names. Um, but yeah, I liked watching it back in the '90s. But yeah, um, I liked Bruce Duell. In fact, I wore a headband just like him, except um, awesome. a little bit more hair than he had. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, gentlemen. Really appreciate it. And check out all the uh, all the internet links to find about the International Cup and also the USAFL. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Adam. Cheers, bro. Cheers, mate. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.